The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Let's get to Isaac Poole, Global CIO at Oriana Financial Services, will be with us for this half hour. Isaac, great to have you. Let's put a couple of stories together and then extrapolate from them. One, which we get every day, more hawkish Fed speak. And two, the noted investor, Scott Minard, as Doug referred to, saying that the Fed is going to tighten until something breaks. So is it fair to say that there's a lack of diverse views at the Fed right now? They're all saying exactly the same thing. And do you think that's healthy? Yeah, I think that they are saying uh, exactly the same thing. But I think there is a fairly clear message there. And that is they want to hike until rates are restrictive, but then leave it there for a very long time. That does have a risk that they break something. Historically, there is a high chance of breaking but, uh, but that reaction function, getting to a level that's pretty restrictive and then just pausing for six months, 12 months, I think that's a really clear message. And I think that's quite likely to happen towards the end of this year or early next year. Isaac, tell me something. Do you think that the market itself doesn't quite seriously take uh, what the Fed is saying? And even though they're trying to hammer the same uh, message in unison at times uh, uh, to them? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the market is pricing a pivot, which is a rate cut, uh, a series of rate cuts next year, that is just very unlikely. It would be very unusual compared to historical actions from the Fed over the last 30 or 40 years. So there is a bit of a, a, a misunderstanding, I think, in the market of the Fed's it, message. And until, so the, Isaac, until that happens. Yeah. yeah. Isaac, is that because, you know, for ages, uh, Jay Powell went on about uh, inflation being transitory. So that's, you know, the, the credibility has been eroded. It, it hasn't helped. The, they are battling to get their credibility back. And so I think that's why they're so forceful about their message. But the market needs to move to a pause, not a pivot. That's not helpful. And it's likely to prove, be proven very incorrect. I, I think the policymakers, you know, they're not stupid. They, they know they have to talk a good game. Otherwise, money will flow back into the market and you'll have a loosening of, of these tight conditions. But you have to say that investors aren't stupid either. And, you know, they're going to watch the data and they will make assumptions on when the Fed might blink. So both sides are doing probably what they should be doing. Is, is that a reasonable argument? Yeah, I think I think that's pretty fair. And at the moment, the data are showing that there's no inflation expectations issue. There's no wage spiral. Inflation is trending lower. And so they, they're going to meet in the middle somewhere. And I think that's going to be somewhere around 4%, 4.25%, and then a long pause. And it's just that 
that move towards that over the next three or four months, it's going to keep markets volatile in, uh, in that period. Well, indeed, volatility is one thing, but uh, you know, when do we actually see? Uh, I mean, I'm going to say, how much um, store does the Fed put in the earnings season, which is coming up, and what are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, the Fed will be looking to see what's happening to margins. Are inflation impacting uh, uh, the ability of companies to keep margins wide and earn profits? And, and I think they'll look at that uh, in the sense that if uh, if they are able to keep margins wide, that could be inflationary and that will be a bit of a concern. I think they're expecting it to trend lower and uh, and for earnings pressure to uh, to be a little bit of a challenge for the equity market. And ultimately, I think they'll be very comfortable with that. Tell me, what at the moment are you looking at in terms of value in the market? I mean, uh, you look at what's going on and I guess, you know, price is what you pay and as Buffett, Buffett said, um, and value is what you get. Yeah, that's that's right. I think right now the the most interesting part of the market is fixed income and particularly government bonds. Um, if if the Fed does pause and they will eventually, they're going to pause at some stage. Then ten year Treasury yields above four percent look pretty attractive uh, at at that level, and they did pop up there. They're moving higher again. I think that would be another opportunity if they get around that four percent level to uh, to lock in more duration into portfolios. We know there are plenty of examples of inflation or prices coming down. However, I was listening to the Mondelez CEO, Dirk Vanderput, uh, on CNBC, and he said he doesn't have particularly good news on that front. He said that while commodity prices are down, that uh, his his packaging costs are a lot higher, and so were other prices tied to labor and logistics and and storage. So one of the problems with the Fed pivot is that maybe they raise those those rates up there and they just hold them there for a year, and and that could yeah. complicate equity prices at the moment. I, I think um, I think that is what they'll do because they they do want to prevent inflation moving higher. I think higher prices will be here for a while, but they won't continue to rise. If, uh, if rates get high enough, and if uh, if the rate the Fed funds rate does get to say four and a quarter, maybe four and a half, and stay there for a year, that will be challenging for parts of the equity market. But I think mm. it, importantly, if it doesn't keep moving higher, there is some support there for uh, for U.S. equities in particular over the next twelve to eighteen months. The thing is also, Isaac. I mean, how closely do you look at investor, sorry, emerging markets as well? I mean, if we look at China, I mean, it seems like uh, all the bad news must be priced in, or it should be priced in, given how far we've gone with equities and uh, other assets there. So, you know, does this represent a, a, a buying opportunity? And do you actually wait till the party congress is over with? And what do you expect out of that? Yeah, I think that the party congress is going to uh, move through to an era of more soft reopening and. We've seen that over the last few months. Uh, soft reopening is happening. I think we'll see more internal mobility. I think uh, that means China's economy will move out of recession and grow okay next year. That'll be good for the world economy. But importantly, Chinese equities are pricing in such an appalling outlook that, uh, that there is real genuine upside over the next 12 months. And, uh, and I think it would be sensible to start looking at Chinese equities at these levels um, as, a, as an opportunity. So I'm, I'm going to outline a problem that probably doesn't exist for China. But if you look around the rest of, of Asia, uh, a lot of countries have have diminished their reserves by a huge amount in bolstering their currency. And we've seen that happen in Korea and Thailand and other places to the point where for some of them, they're, they're down to only a few months of being able to cover imports. Uh, when you talk about things breaking, you know, that's an example of how they're 
are these unintended consequences of the strong dollar and higher rates? Yeah, I mean, the stronger dollar, uh, higher rates, uh, elevated oil prices, throw that in the mix. That is a real challenge for Asia and Asian equities. And uh, and you're seeing that really directly in the currency movements this year. So if uh, if you are looking for a place that could break, it could snap relatively soon, that's it. I, I think that the Fed would need to move rates quite a bit higher before that becomes a real big concern. But but this is the big risk over the next 12 months of Fed policy era, and they're, they're talking tough. And that, that's got to be a concern, I think, for investors around Asia at the moment. You know, policy errors are very easy, given the lag between putting rates up and uh, seeing the effect of them. Exactly. So that's that's really the argument, I think, for more rate hikes. But 75 basis point hikes are unusual historically. Three of them in a row is really unusual historically. The, the Fed would be sensible to start hiking at a slower rate. They can still get up to four and a half, four and a quarter, four percent. Uh, over the next three or four months without banging up 75 basis points in November and December. So I think that's the um, that's the question they're going to have to start asking themselves. And I think the data is allowing them to slow that pace uh, and still be restrictive in policy. Yep, that, that's just it, isn't it, uh, ultimately? Thanks a lot for that, Isaac. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, Isaac Poole, from Oriana. Uh, financial there. Oriana, uh, of course, uh, is financial services company, discussing his take on the markets. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.